Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, good people, to episode 93 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and today we're going to go ahead and recap all the fight action of the weekend, man. But before we get to that, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. The Fight Podcast is everywhere you find podcasts. So let your people know. All right. Yo, happy Sunday or whatever day it is when you listen to this. Um, I hope that you guys have had a good one. Yo, it has really been a relatively slow week in the news uh, for just all combat sports in general, man. Not a lot has been going on, not even in combat sports. Even pop culture was like stagnant this past week, man. Um, over here listening to like Joe Button's podcast and, you know, when they're just out here just fumbling stuff around and they don't even know what to talk about. I knew it wasn't just me, man. Uh, so. Over here right now, the good thing is, even though there wasn't as much news, and I'm still going to go ahead and touch on some news, some things that actually popped up um, over the last few days, but we had a decent fight card, man. There was some um, some entertaining fights this weekend. You had the UFC in Wichita, um, ESPN obviously holding them down. With PBC, we had, uh, that was on Fox, you had... Um, Sean Porter defending his championship this weekend. Also, um, if you didn't get a chance, um, in episode 92, Brandon Camille and I actually had an opportunity to break that fight down. Go ahead and check it out, man. See how we did. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I will be breaking that fight card down in a minute, but the fight absolutely did not play out like I anticipated. Um, but like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. DeZone also had a card this weekend. B-Love was over there fighting, and he ended up cruising to an easy victory. Um, we'll see what ends up happening next with him. I'll be talking about that later on this week. Uh, but, man, all in all, look, yo, it was solid. It was solid stuff. So, with that being said, let me go ahead and jump into the fights. And you have to. You have to jump in right away, feet first, with what was going on in the UFC last night. Last night, 
The UFC was in Wichita, Kansas for the first time ever. They were in the Interest Bank Arena um, over there in Wichita, and it was headlined by Derek the Black Beast Lewis, number three ranked heavyweight in the world, and former champion who was number eight ranked Junior Dos Santos. Um, Yo, this fight was... I saw this playing out a couple different ways. When I was going through it in my head, knowing what I know about both guys... Derek Lewis is one of, if not the most scary strikers in the heavyweight division. Not only does he have crazy power, and he can, and here's the thing, he has crazy power that he takes with him literally the entire fight. I don't care if you go two, I don't care if you go three, I don't care if you go all five. He carries that power with him. And the thing that makes him really dangerous is not only the power, is that he has heart and tenacity it doesn't matter what you hit this dude with he if he's hurt if his back is messed up no matter what it is he's going to consistently run at you even in one of the worst fights i have ever seen in my life with him versus um francis and ganu last year all of us we talked about it i know it's been one we well documented one of the worst fights ever um between that and Michael Venom Page and Paul Daly for me. Uh, but if you look at those type of fights, man, he was always dangerous. He always keeps his opponents off balance, man. And then on the other hand, if you look at Junior Dos Santos, he's somebody who has the pedigree. Yo, he's been doing this forever. Look, man. Even just look at his last, what he has wins over Cain Velasquez, Stipe Miocic, Ben Rothwell, Derek Lewis now, Taitu Vasa, Bilov uh, Ivanov. Um, dude, the list goes on and on. He has legends on his resume. This dude is a legend in his own right. He continues building his Hall of Fame credentials. And when you actually look at it, he might be. You can kind of argue, especially after this fight, you can maybe give him a title shot, man. So here, let's go ahead and jump into it. Like I said, um, this could have gone either way. And I talked about it a little bit, but one thing that JDS does really well with are people who brawl. So if you go out there and you just try to be a brawler, you really mix it up he tends to catch you because he's that slick with his boxing. Really slick. He's able to go ahead and um, set his opponents up. Some of the best takedown D I've ever seen in the, you know, I mean, statistically speaking, also in the heavyweight division, he's nearly impossible to get down. Um, and he's another guy who has crazy amount of heart. The beatings that he took from Cain Velasquez, yo, I thought his career was done. I'm not going to lie to you, 100%. I thought JDS's career was done after those ass whoopings that he he received by, from Cain Velasquez. And the more you think about it, he ended up, again, he was gone for a long time. He ended up getting in trouble for the PEDs. And that was in 2017, which again, he's somebody who, who believes and says, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't take anything. I actually believe him. But that was in 2017. So since he has been back, 
His first fight back was last July against, again, Bilov Ivanov, who is a former Bellator champion. But after he had literally a stretch of almost two years where we didn't even see him compete. So it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I did not expect him to come back this way. He came back. I remember watching him getting KO'd by Overeem. I thought it was over. I thought it was done, man. But something that we all have to respect and realize, especially in MMA, especially in the heavyweight division. The, if you can be older and still survive and still grow. And if you look at JDS, the older he's gotten, he's definitely been able to evolve. But he's also has some incredible coaching. He moved to Florida to go ahead and actually train at ATT. So now he's at one of the greatest gyms in the world, getting trained by some of the best coaches in the world, training against some of the best training partners in the world. So now we're actually getting able to see who this dude can really be. So watching him perform over this last, a little bit has been crazy. So looking at his style, he is perfectly set up for somebody who is going to try to brawl with him. He exploits what, you, what you're trying to do. He times you, he'll set people up. And he ends up pretty much getting brawlers out of there. Again, look at Taito Uvasa. Taito Uvasa went out there, overextended himself, and he got clipped and finished. And that's something that happens when you actually look at Junior Dos Santos, and he's been able to do this consistently throughout his career. But go, let's go ahead and look at this fight. And again, this is a fight that started off. It, it finished early, say, um, second round, uh, minute 59 in the second round. Junior Dos Santos gets a KO win over Derek the Black Beast Lewis. But it wasn't that easy. This actually was a hell of a fight. First round, man, when you're actually looking at these guys, there, there wasn't much of a feeling out process. They started banging. They started slinging right from the jump. Derek Lewis, man, even in a loss, he really impressed me. He was able to set up a lot of shots. He was able to show that he's actually grown a lot in his MMA game. He's always done a great job of actually throwing that, that lead high kick. So it's a left high kick. Being a huge individual, over 265 pounds, and he's able to go ahead and actually throw his leg that high is incredible. He is so athletic, man. He's super athletic. He's super explosive. And um, he was really doing a great job of landing leg kicks on JDS. Looked like he was starting to sap some of the power out of him. I actually had him winning a good chunk of that first round until Junior Dos Santos, man, and kudos to the game plan. He ended up throwing a spinning heel kick and landing a beautiful body shot to Derrick Lewis. Yo, Derrick Lewis, I don't know what he has to do, but my man continues getting hurt to the body. Now, I will admit, for somebody who's been hurt as much to the body, he still wins a lot of those fights, man. He's never out of it. And when JDS went ahead in the first round, threw that kick and hurt Derrick Lewis to the body, he goes forward. He pretty much goes in for the kill. He wants to feel out Derek Lewis because Derek Lewis literally rolls over in pain. Turns his back. He's grabbing his belly. You think he's done. 
the moment JDS walks towards him, yo, out of nowhere, Derek Lewis unloads on him and staggers JDS. Look, I don't know if he really staggered him, but he definitely hit him hard enough to get him up out of there. So JDS staggers back. They kind of go back and forth. One of the most entertaining first rounds you'll see. Um, obviously, because of the the damage that JDS did to Derek Lewis's body, you had to give that first round to JDS. Um, check this out. The strikes, honestly, man, I, I would say I don't believe really tell the story of the fight, but they kind of do, man. JDS was staying active. He was staying active. He was throwing jabs. He was actually doing an amazing job of actually changing levels, throwing to the body, throwing to the head, also landing some kicks. And it goes, if you look at the significant strikes, man, it shows. JDS landed 110 out of 58 out of 110 shots in comparison to Derek Lewis, who only landed 14 out of 50. There were no takedowns. Obviously, these guys were going to stand and bang. But... Derek Lewis's pressure made this fight more entertaining than the numbers would actually show. Derek Lewis continued going downhill, and that's something that you have to appreciate about this guy. Now, JDS ends up again unloading a huge right hand on um on Derek Lewis rocks Derek Derek Lewis and knocks him dead man he knocks him out he ended up finishing him um in the like I said in the second round great win for him what are we going to do with JDS and I think we have to do exactly what was on schedule for UFC 215 UFC 215 before again all the PD issues and all the stuff that I was telling you guys about earlier with JDS, he was actually scheduled to fight Francis Ngannou in Edmonton in 2017. That is the fight that you make next. I've called for this a couple weeks ago. You do not give Francis Ngannou uh, Daniel Cormier right now you don't you don't yes he went out there he became Velasquez don't get overly excited give him one more fight wait till the worst matchup possible for him is in there Daniel Cormier is his worst possible matchup give Francis Ngannou Junior Dos Santos a fight that we've all wanted to see a fight that you have two huge guys who have crazy power we will see what happens in that fight and I'm going to be very honest with you. I think Junior Dos Santos has the advantage as of right now in that fight. He's a better all-around mixed martial artist. He has far better technical boxing than Francis Ngannou does. And we all see what really good technical boxing does against Francis Ngannou. Look what happened last time with Stipe. Stipe, somebody who doesn't have nearly as much power as JDS, was able to go ahead and actually, and, and don't get it twisted, yes, I know, Stipe did knock out JDS. So he does have power. I'm not saying he doesn't. But what I am saying is that if you actually go out there and look at somebody like JDS, he has experience. He has championship pedigree. He trains with assassins. He's coached by assassins. 
He is one of the most dangerous players right now in the heavyweight division. And I don't even know if I can call him a dark horse anymore. If we look at the heavyweight division, we look at the rankings, who's going to beat him right now? Think about it. You put him in there with Curtis Blades. He's fighting Justin Willis. Tied up. You give him the top guy right now, the number two ranked guy, Francis Ngannou. He probably beats him. Give JDS Stipe. Okay, now we have a fight, but we've already seen that twice. Are we willing to see that again? So there are matchups out here for him, but JDS 100% is right at the top. I think you have to give him Derek Lewis's spot. He has to go at number three, man. So again, salute to Junior Santos, man. After years, man, over a decade in the UFC, um, this is his 15th win for the promotion, third uh, top of amongst all heavyweights. Um, another finish for him as well. Third win in a row ever since he's been back. Man, great win for dude, man. So, um, all right, uh, moving along, moving on. Uh, the co-main event was Curtis Millender um, versus Elizu Dos Santos, Capoeira himself, man. So this is the number 14th rank, Elizu Dos Santos versus Curtis Millender. Curtis is a serious dude, man. He's somebody who I really was high on, man. I still am. Um, he completely destroyed great stand-up, man. Solid wrestling. His grappling, again, can take a little bit of... Um, little bit of help but still man all around one of the best prospects in the sport right what he did to tiago alves in the striking is incredible man completely picked dude apart knocked him out man it was bananas um but capoeira dos santos man he is somebody that i don't think a lot of people knew about and i can't stop man i didn't know that much about him until recently he's a jungle fight veteran jungle fight is one of the top organizations out of brazil man they have complete animals down there um but going into the fight man this fight starts off and man two minutes and 35 seconds of the very first round capoeira man doesn't even have to use his striking completely smothers Curtis Melander, man, takes him down. And listening to the strikes, because of what happened on the feet and on the ground, Curtis Melander only um, lands zero out of two strikes. And I told you how dangerous of a striker he is. Dos Santos landed 20 out of 26, landed 12 out of 18 significant strikes, ended up knocking out two takedowns, and gets a rear naked choke submission in the very first round, man. Um, great win for dude. If we look at what he's actually done since he's gotten into the UFC, you can't really knock it, man. He's on a what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven fight win streak. He lost his first fight ever in UFC against Nicholas Dalby, who... At the end of the day, what's he doing right now? I mean, let me look. Let me look. Yeah, nothing special at all. I mean, due to 17 and 3. But after actually winning that fight, he ended up getting, what, one, two, three, four losses in a row? Capoeira is doing some things, man. 
Um, like I said, ever since he's come into it, I mean, look at who he's beaten. He's beaten Lyman Good. He's beaten um, Curtis Millander. This dude is on a roll, man, and now he's right in this dangerous, super dangerous um, welterweight division. They're nuts, man. Lyman Good, Max Griffin. These are some really, really solid dudes, man. He's ended up running through a lot of these guys. I mean, yeah, he has some, um, some decisions, but a lot of them are KOs. Somebody we have to 100% be careful about, man. He honestly was the one who shined to, uh, this evening, man. A lot of people didn't expect it. Big spot being in a co-main event, and he showed up. Now, who does he get next? Well, we'll see how the division. The division is really shuffled ever since the um, the champion lost. So since the champion lost, man, now, I mean, it's all up for grabs. He's in the top 15. Two, three good wins, man. He's right in the mix. So we'll see what happens by the end of the year. But great win by Capoeira, man. All right. This had to be one of the most entertaining rounds uh, of the card. Tim the Dirty Bird Means versus Nico Price. Nico the Hybrid Price. Yo, Tim Means is tough as hell. He goes out here and honestly, I had Tim Means. It looked like he was about to finish the fight. Walking Nico Price down. The first round is going back and forth. Look at the significant strikes, man. Nico Price, 108 out of um, 108 out of (laughs) 70 out of 108. And um, and Tim Means, 72 out of 146. The more you looked at it, man, I'm telling you, it did not seem like Nico was actually going to win. He was staggered. He was hurt. And with what? Nine seconds left in the round. Um, Tim Means is going in for the finish and out of nowhere. Nico Price cracks him with a huge right hand. Drops Tim Means. Tim Means falls back on his right ankle. Right ankle snaps. So not only did he get knocked out with only nine seconds in a round that he was actually winning. Looked like he was about to knock somebody out. He ended up breaking his ankle too, man. It was nasty. Um, Great win by Nico Price, man. This dude comes out of nowhere and knocks people out, man. What he did to Randy Brown his last time out with those nasty um, hammer fists from the bottom. What he did against Tim Means, who's super durable. Tim Means has never been knocked out. Tim Means is somebody who, again, hell of a record, man. Has over like... 25 40 20 what is it i'll tell you right now before i start making up numbers but dude dude is a vet man dude is a super vet in the sport yeah over 20 wins by knockouts i mean this dude is a complete monster man tim means 28 yeah i didn't know he had up for like 40 fights 28 wins 10 losses a draw he has never been finished never and Nico Price went out there and did that to him, man. Great win for him. Um, and again, who should Nico Price fight next? Maybe he should fight Capoeira, man. That would be an entertaining fight. Um, UFC's welterweight division, man, is nasty. It's a great, great fight, man. All right. Um, ben Rothwell, Blagoy Evnov. The number 15. This was Ben Rothwell's first fight in two years. I had Ben Rothwell winning. I thought he ended up doing more. Let's go ahead and look at the numbers. 
All right. So, I mean, these big guys were really, I mean, these were close rounds. Ben Rothwell lands 326, 140 out of 326 strikes. And these are heavyweights. We have heavyweights throwing this many strikes, man, is honestly incredible. This was a, a, a great pace for these guys, man. Um, and they said they performed. It was tight. Originally, when I looked at it again, I have to look at it again. I had Ben Rothwell winning. He did get edged on the numbers. If we look at uh, Ivanov, man, ended up landing more shots. Um, didn't throw is Yeah, he did. Landed 146 out of 1358. Uh, 144 out of 356 significant strikes. I mean, he edged him out on the numbers, man. So I can't be mad at the loss, but great fight. I don't really believe anybody's stock goes down. Ben Rothwell comes back, fights a tough guy, and does honestly really well, well enough to win in a lot of people's eyes. So at the end of the day, man, look, it was a good fight. Nobody really goes anywhere from this. Ben Rothwell is right back in the mix in the top 15. So, um, yo, look out, man. Dude should be uh, dope. Uh, Benil Dariush on this card submits Drew Dover in the uh, first round with a really nasty arm bar. Uh, actually, it was in the second round, right in the beginning of it. So, great uh, win by Benil Dariush. And Tim Bosch loses a close decision to Amari Akhmedov. And, uh, yo, I am doing awesome awful with these names today i apologize uh, <laughs> it's man uh, yo, i yo i i'm gonna have to do like um i've heard a lot of people sit back and beforehand they'll go ahead and over and over again repeat these names in a mirror to make sure they have them right i'm going to have to do to start doing that man because i am butchering some of these names but tim bosch gets lost man um and for him it's not good, man. Tim Bosch has lost, honestly, five out of his last eight fights. Uh, doesn't look like he's getting any, you know, better. I don't know, man. I don't like seeing somebody like him who's been in the game, who's actually been a contender at one point in time, to end up um, continue pay- taking shots and a beating. I mean, his nose will smash this fight. It- it's tough, man. I don't know what he's going to do, but... um. I don't know how much longer the UFC is going to stay with him. So, look, man, we'll end up seeing what happens. But, yo, that was all of the card for the UFC. I mean, there was some other good stuff on there. Uh, but uh, all in all, that was the main card. So, moving right along, man, boxing. All right. So, we had that title fight this weekend against your Dennis Ugas and Sean Porter, man, for the go ahead and the, they're part of the, well, for Sean Porter's part of the welterweight title, um, the WBC welterweight title, that is. Um, Sean Porter ended up retaining his belt by getting the split decision win over Ugas. Porter ended up winning by the scores of 116, 112, and 115, 113. And another judge actually had Ugas winning 117-111. If you listen to the crowd after the fight, man, it seemed like a lot of people actually felt like Ugas won. And I can't lie, I did too. Now, if you look at the numbers, Sean Porter was a busier fighter. But that was not the Sean Porter that we were accustomed to actually seeing. We're used to seeing Sean Porter making it ugly, muscling his opponents, coming essentially coming downhill. 
He was trying to outbox, and Ugas really looked like he took advantage in certain spots. He looked like the stronger fighter. He's doing great work to the body. The problem was Ugas just wasn't as busy as he needed to be. I'm going to be honest with you. If Ugas went ahead, because Ugas was definitely controlling the center of that ring. The entire fight, he was controlling the center of the ring. He was controlling the pace of the fight. If he threw more jabs, even throughout the last couple rounds, you have to go ahead, Nate. He would have won that fight more handily. Now, we can talk about the knockdown in the 12th round. Some people say it's a slip. Other people say it's a knockdown. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um... It looked like a knockdown, but other angles, it made it kind of seem like a slip. So, but here's the thing. Did he slip because he was punched? And if the punch caused him to somewhat lose balance, man, you have to give it a knockdown. And that might have changed the course of the fight in some of the judges' eyes. So we don't know. But one thing I do know is after I go ahead and actually look at this fight is I have to say that your Dennis Ugas totally belongs and he's a player at this welterweight, the elite version of the welterweight uh, weight class. You have to say he belongs. Now, I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm not saying he's gonna, he's good enough to win any of these belts, but he's somebody who is battle-tested. He's somebody who has the amateur background. He's somebody who's been to the Olympics and he's somebody that has worked nine years to get to this point. He did kind of let it slip through his fingertips, but at the end of the day, he still worked to get it to a specific point, and he almost won. In a lot of people's eyes, he should have won. So, for him, I think you have to continue plugging away, but for Sean Porter, yes, you went ahead and won the fight, but you have to start looking at a couple different things. He misses weight. He's not fighting the same. Is there something going on in Sean Porter's camp? Is there something going on with his preparation? Preparation. <laughs> with his preparation. Or was Ugas just that guy? Was he the guy that made the guy who fights ugly fight even uglier? I don't know. I don't know until his next fight. But I'm going to be honest with you. If Sean Porter comes out there with that exact same game plan... Against an Errol Spence. Against a Terrence Crawford. Yo, he completely gets dealt with. I think those guys beat him regardless. But if he is not coming with that same game plan, fighting that way, I don't think he has a chance to beat either of those two top guys. I don't. I don't, man. Um, We'll end up seeing what happens. I know, like I said, this weekend we have the big um, welterweight fight with Errol Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia. After that fight happens, we will see. Sean Porter was supposed to fight Errol Spence before. If Errol beats Mikey Garcia, this is a fight that can still happen. If Sean Porter goes ahead and actually takes that fight. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it shouldn't be any issues with promotions or anything. That is a fight that should happen next. If 
a couple other things don't open up for Terrence Crawford. Or not Terrence Crawford, for um, Errol Spence, man. So we'll end up seeing what ends up happening with that. Um, B-Love gets a unanimous decision victory. Nothing special there, man. Somebody that he should have beaten, um, Joe Smith, just was outclassed, man. So nothing much going with that one. Um, but... I mean, look, he proves that he's one of the best, if not the best of that weight class, man. Um, unfortunately, everybody else who's in his division fights for top rank. And they're not going to go ahead and fight cross-promotion or anything like that. So he's going to have to make a change. Um, we talked about it a little bit in our last episode, but we will see um, what ends up happening um, with Bivol and DeZone. Um, But all in all, man, yo, the fights this weekend were fun. There were a lot of fun fights this weekend. Um, no more fun than the um, than the UFC uh, main event. The heavyweights, man. When you have heavyweights that actually go out there and just perform, are actually trying to finish fights, it's one of the best things you'll see. Um, that fight was great. Nico Price getting a, a come from behind win like that against Tim Means. That's incredible, man. That's a win. That is 100% a win for dude, man. I mean, obviously it's a win, but he moves up in the rankings. He's one of those guys that win or lose, the UFC's not going to get rid of him. He's a nasty dude, man. He's um, really, really solid. Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, Benil Dariush, yo. He has been up and down in his career. But this was a great win for him, a great submission. I mean, dude is always tough. My concern for Benil Dariush is how is he against the best of the best? So it is what it is, man. All right, this week's winners and losers. Who were our stand-up players of the week and who honestly just really didn't show up that much? Um, First and foremost, man, winners, you have to say JDS. Yo, Junior Dos Santos is a winner because he went out there, knocked out one of the most dangerous heavyweights in the world, and then afterwards made an entire crowd in Wichita sing happy birthday to his son. Yo, listening to like a 250-pound Brazilian man in Wichita, Kansas, singing happy birthday to his kid, that doesn't bring a, like a tear to your eye, fam. I don't know what does, man. Uh, <laughs> yo, it made me chuckle. I'm not going to stunt. Um, but he's definitely a winner, man. He puts himself right back into that position where he cannot be denied. He is in the contention for that title shot at the heavyweight division. So we just have to see what's going to play out, man. He doesn't like the idea of Brock Lesnar fighting for a title. He doesn't believe that he has earned that. I think all of us know that he doesn't he hasn't earned that, but yo, they're trying to give DC a payday. It is what it is. Um, I'm happy for DC, but for the heavyweight division, he's right. It doesn't make sense. Why would you have somebody that literally hasn't won a fight in almost 10 years compete? It doesn't make sense. But he is one of the biggest draws of all time, so they're gonna go ahead and give him that mix. Um who else is a winner? Who else is a winner? Uh, you know what, man? It's surprisingly so. Obviously, not to the same capacity. Um, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, his fans are just going to continue rising. He proves once again 
how tenacious he is, how tough he is. And not only that, no matter what, he's going to compete, man. So he's he's not as much, but he's definitely a winner. Nico Price knocking out Tim Means, somebody who's never been knocked out in over 40 career fights. And I don't even know how many amateur fights. That says a lot. He was hurt. He was rocked, but he kept enough composure to go ahead and do his thing. You have to give him um, love. Um, And that's it, man, for the winners. I have to say, those are the people who really stood out this weekend. Um, Losers. I meant Sean Porter. Sean Porter didn't do anything to separate himself. He didn't do anything to say, I am great. If you heard the crowd, man, people were booing. Yo, Cats thought he lost that fight. And not only do people think he lost the fight, if you look at it, people think that he's ducking Errol Spence. So he already had some flack because of the the people thinking he was ducking Errol Spence. And now they have him out here again, having a, he misses weight. He has to cut his hair just to make weight. And he, then he doesn't fight impressively. This makes you drop in the court of public opinion, public opinion. And if that happens, man, nobody wants to see him compete. Nobody wants to see you compete. You're not making any money. So we will see what is happening with him, man. But I'm be honest with you, man. I have not been impressed with Sean Porter as of late. Um, I've always, I'm not, I'm not going to try to kill his style. I mean, it's extremely effective. But at the end of the day, is he good enough if fighting like he did last night, is he good enough to beat the best of the best? No, not at all, man. And if that's how he's going to continue coming out there and competing for these fights, man, he might as well just go ahead and give his belt back. I can't lie, man. I'm disappointed. I was disappointed. And I think by far he is the biggest loser of this weekend, man. He has to be. It is, man. So look, um, all in all, man, it was an entertaining fight weekend. UFC, boxing, you know, um, it's going back and forth. Uh, there's some fight cards coming out soon um, that obviously this week I'll end up breaking down for you guys. Uh, but honestly, for this episode, yo, that is about all we have, man. I wanted to break that down for you guys. Um, for my weekend post-fight show, I will be back later on this week. We have a couple more interviews for you guys. We have more fight breakdowns. The UFC guys has nine straight weeks of fights. So each week we'll absolutely be breaking fights down. I will also be breaking down the huge boxing card this week between Errol Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia. Um, I'm bringing some other people on the show again also to break it down with me. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, But yo, with that being said, this is episode 93 of the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente. Thank you guys so much for listening, um, and we'll be back soon. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. 
Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you right here back on the Fight Podcast next time. Um, with that being said, peace out.